0: Local news, talk, sports, and the hits of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Kane 1075.
1: Good morning and welcome to Kane Radio, FM 1075 and AM 1240 for a Monday's edition of Bayou Sports here on a big uh, Monday, November the 28th. Of course, uh, right off the top of the list this morning, the Saints yesterday shut out for the first time in 333 games, in a little over 20 years. They were in the red zone a few times. Saints were shut out, uh, of all people, against San Francisco uh, in the Dome, though, uh, last time uh, in uh, January 6th of '02. That was, uh, of course, the last game of the season of that particular year. Uh, Saints go down elsewhere. Boy, a whole host of uh, college football games uh, Saturday and uh, Friday. And, uh, of course, this week is championship week uh, with many of the games, uh, other conferences settling uh, who their uh, champion is of their conference. Elsewhere, Southern Grambling in uh, New Orleans, uh big win for the Southern Jaguars. High school football, Westgate, they continue onward as they'll journey to Destrehan this Friday to take on the Wildcats. World Cup, U.S. and England, uh, just nobody can score, I guess, 0-0. Zero, zero. Uh, elsewhere, the Pelicans, and, of uh, course, at the uh, – hour, we'll have uh, Ryan Antoine, the head football coach of uh, the Westgate Tigers, speaking a little bit about his uh, big win over Neville Friday night uh, uh, by the score. I believe it was uh, 24 to 10. Is that correct? 21 to 10, excuse me, was the score. Elsewhere at the uh, 8 o'clock hour, we'll have Bob Rose with the SI to talk a little bit about that Saints game yesterday. Wow. Anyway, in the meantime, the Saints uh, and Andy Dalton getting into the red zone a few times uh, yesterday and especially in the fourth quarter and just can't punch it in. Uh miss a 48-yard field goal who Lutz is pretty re- reliable in that regard, but uh Saints uh just can't kick it in and, fumbles. Uh, yeah, that penalties uh just a whole uh,
2: the, the two fumbles by Kamara. I mean, yeah. uh, especially the way one... they were moving in yeah. that first drive, the first possession of the game, moving the ball well and then When San Francisco answers after the fumble, uh, it was just... And then later in the game, Kamara fumbling. All of that uh, was a pretty good hit on Kamara when he lost the ball. Uh, But uh, I tell you, he's uh, been an issue uh, holding on to the football uh, when he's had his chances. I
1: think uh, I heard someone say that it was a fourth or fifth fumble during the year. Uh, That's a lot for a running back uh, uh, to hold on to the football. And the Saints, Ingram played a little bit in the game. Uh, Saints defense considered, uh, you know, they, they played pretty well throughout no. the course of the game. I mean, they played well enough to win. Um, New Orleans just couldn't move the ball offensively. I mean, just – and then when they finally moved the ball in the fourth quarter, of course, like you said, the fumble at the goal line. Uh, and also, hey, they, I, I, with the call, Jeff, with Alave making that catch and then uh, hitting the ground, the ball came loose. Seemed like he ran – he had three or four steps. That was a football move. Uh, I didn't think the ground could create a fumble. We hit the ground; the ball came out, but they called it an incomplete pass. And that was a that another part during the game that uh, the officials ruled and uh, with the replay. Saints had uh, six penalties for forty-six yards. San Francisco seven for sixty-four. Trevor Penning got a got an opportunity to play in the game yesterday, <laughs> and. It seems like he, maybe he committed a penalty in the time he was in there. I think they put him in as an extra lineman to block on a short yardage situation. The Saints were only sacked uh, one time yesterday, but two lost fumbles. Uh, uh, just couldn't get anything going. Only had uh, 260 yards of offense. Of course, time-wise, uh, San Francisco had the ball for almost 35 minutes. The Saints for 25. Pretty much um, difference in the game. But the Saints' defense throughout the game, I thought, played pretty well. Uh, Just couldn't get anything going. Dalton was 18 out of 29 for 204 yards. He was sacked once. Uh, Hill was 0 for 1. Smith even tried a a pass. He was 0 for 1. Uh, Dalton uh, had four rushes. He led the Saints in rushing. Can you believe that, Andy Dalton? Four Mm -hmm. rushes for 21 yards, Uh, long of 10. Uh, Hill had 6 for 13. Kamara 7 for 13. Ingram 4 for 10. And uh, Shahid uh, 1 for 6. Uh Olave is still catching the ball of uh, five receptions for 62 yards. And if he holds on to that long pass, that was, what, another 25, 30 yards at least. And uh, the Saints uh, go down 13 to nothing. Of course, we'll have uh, Bob Rose on at the 8 o'clock hour. We'll talk some about that. And uh, in the meantime, <laughs> the the Falcons get beat, <laughs> the Carolina wins, and the Bucks get beat. I mean, the Saints are still, I mean, of course, uh, with a four and eight record, uh, with, uh, five games left to play, there's still anybody can win. uh, the, the bucks didn't look really good yesterday. So, uh, just, uh, a lot of surprise teams are winning yesterday, uh, in, in Sunday scores Josh Jacob for the uh Raiders man what a day he had over 300 total yards the Raiders knocked down the Seahawks 40 to 34 Browns take care of the Buccaneers as I mentioned 23 to 17 in, in overtime score with 19 seconds left and if they hadn't scored they're going to end up being tied and that would have hurt the Saints elsewhere uh the Jaguars they beat the Ravens yesterday 28-27 pretty impressive mm-hmm. uh for the uh for uh, Jacksonville. A couple
2: of games uh, with uh, two-point conversions late, that helped uh, propel those victories, and the Jags were one of them, Chargers as well.
1: That's right. The Chargers take down the Cardinals 25-24. Uh, anyway, they, they go for two. They make it, and uh, they take down the uh, Cardinals. And, of course, Denver's offense. Boy, you wonder what happened to Russell Wilson. Uh, Denver just... Uh, the. The Broncos, uh, the Panthers take them out twenty-three to ten, and um, the the Broncos score. The Broncos are averaging less than fifteen points a game scoring. That, that... Saw a
2: headline to the effect: "Worst trade ever in the NFL."
1: Yeah, acquiring him. That's right. That's right. Just think, the Saints were interested in Russell Wilson at one time. Anyway, the Eagles last night uh, they ran for three hundred and sixty-three yards, and they had to fight off the Packers. Without Aaron Rodgers, 40-33 to 33, uh, with a win over the Packers last night. So, uh, anyway, uh, that's the win over the Packers. Their most rushing yards in a game for the Eagles since 1948. Wow. I think Steve Van Bam- Buren from Ellis, played on that Eagle team back in the late uh, 40s. Elsewhere, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, he eclipsed a 300-yard mark for the sixth straight game with a 26-10 to 10 win over the Rams. And, now 26-0 in his last 26 starts in the months of November and December. Of the Chiefs and the Jets have a quarterback, Mike White, 22 out of 28 for 315 yards, three TDs, lead the Jets past the Bears 31-10.
2: Quarterback roulette for the Bears uh, announcing, well, just that Justin Fields wouldn't play, but that was uh, kind of a late announcement. And Then they uh, say the backup is got some rib issues. The third-string guy is going to start. then the second-string guy starts anyway, (laughs) throws betting off, apparently, but it wouldn't have mattered because the Jets uh, easily covered.
1: Anyway, uh, just amazing as, uh, uh, you know, White uh, throwing almost as many TDs as Zach Wilson has all season four. White did it uh, three in one game. Elsewhere, the Beast um, of the a, East
2: a decimated Bears defense, though. De-
1: really, okay. And injuries
2: yeah. as well. Uh, and didn't they trade away down a couple and players too? That too. That too.
1: Anyway, the Beast of the East. If the season ended today, all four NFC East teams would make the playoffs. Yeah, uh, and,
2: and if there was justice, no NFC South teams would make the playoffs. <laughs> but one right. will.
1: But that's right. One will. And, and be ranked above a team that had that to the Saints a yeah. few years ago. Of course, Seattle beat the Saints up in Seattle uh, uh, that year. They were uh, had, a, I think, a, a, what, a 7-9 and nine record, and the Saints uh, finished second in their division and uh, got beat uh, up there. Anyway, uh, college football over the weekend, wow. Man, Georgia fought through uh, Georgia Tech a little bit, and uh, they uh, prevail. Uh, Michigan just – it go- looks like they were going through the motions in the first half, but once uh, they got going, uh, they blew Ohio State out of their own stadium, which kind of surprised me a little bit. They uh,
2: imploded toward the end, that's for sure.
1: Oh, did they ever. And uh, Ohio State, uh, are they on the outside looking in? Does USC, with a win over Notre Dame uh, uh, Saturday night, uh, take the fourth spot? Will I think you-, you got to. Yeah, I do, too. I do, too. Uh, you know, if Ohio State had made it a game, a tight game, and lost by a late field goal or a late score, but uh, they got beat uh, really bad. So right now it's Georgia, Michigan, TCU, and USC. Georgia plays LSU. LSU had a shot. But uh, to no avail uh, over in College Station, uh, they weren't necessarily blown out the game, but uh, just, man, they just didn't play well. Uh,
2: Defense, uh, really yeah, disappointing.
1: Very. And, uh, of course, uh, Georgia gets by Georgia Tech late. Uh, they score a couple late scores uh, to beat their arch rival. TCU will play Kansas State, I do believe, in the uh, Big 12 championship. And USC will be taking on, is, that, uh, is it Oregon or Oregon State? Oregon they're going to take on, I do believe. Despite their loss. That's right, To Their their Civil War rival, uh, Oregon State, the Beavers take down the Ducks. Uh, elsewhere, um, right now, you know, I didn't talk much about it. The Heisman Trophy favorite, Caleb Williams, the USC, uh, with USC climbing into the uh, top four of this week's AP poll uh, after four top ten teams lost on the final day of the regular season. Anyway, the six teams—Georgia, Michigan, TCU, USC, Ohio State, and Alabama—have a realistic shot of making the college football playoff, entering the championship weekend if the top four teams win their conference title. It's Georgia over LSU, Michigan over Purdue, TCU over Kansas State, and USC, no. They don't play Oregon. They play Utah. Forgot about that. The Utes, they seem to be locked to make the playoff. In fact, Georgia and Michigan, and maybe even TCU and USC, according to some, can lose and still get in. I can't see all four of them losing, but that would be <laughs> wow. Anyway, despite Saturday's loss to Michigan, ESPN's Football Power Index still gives Ohio State the third-best college football uh, playoff odds at 88 percent ahead of TCU's 83, Alabama at 14, USC at 12. Clearly, their model doesn't like the Trojans' chances of avenging their loss to the Utes. Of course, USC lost to the Utes, Utah, that is, by one point. I think it was 43-42 earlier this year. Looking ahead, all eyes now turn to Tuesday's conference football playoff rankings. The committee will likely have uh, uh, the same top six as the AP voters, but uh, could they put Michigan over Georgia, Alabama over Ohio State? Uh, Who knows? Uh, It's insane how quickly USC got this good. So uh, in the meantime, uh, we'll see how that all transpires. Uh, Over the weekend, uh, some of our local teams, the Cajuns, journey up to uh, San Marcos and take down – uh texas state by a score of 41 to 13 and they have become bowl eligible not sure what opportunity they'll have uh for what particular bowl game
2: some ridiculous monday afternoon game and yeah,
1: at, at uh, three o'clock at 130 or whatever and uh, but they qualified for a bowl and there's so many bowls there are 43 of them i do believe are four, somewhere in the 40s uh they'll find somewhere to to plant uh, who knows uh where that may be I'm not sure uh elsewhere uh, as we mentioned lsu um uh, as their defense just 38 points i don't know if a&m was averaging 20 points a game
2: no, i think 27 was their high
1: yeah yeah that's Something right like that. and uh, of course uh, back early in the year appalachian state went to a&m and uh, took them down i think the first weekend or second weekend of the of the 2022 year uh, elsewhere, uh, the Tigers are uh, licking their wounds. Of course, they head to uh,
2: Atlanta. To... The big question is, if they win that game, yeah. are they in the playoff? And, you know, it's tough to imagine a three-loss team making it. But it's also tough to deny some of the big wins that they had. And Georgia would be a huge one, an undefeated Bulldog team. Um, it would be tough to deny them. But you got to.
1: With three losses, Georgia only have one. Uh, that's just my thought process but uh,
2: they lost to the other team that should go uh, true
1: but you can't let a three loss team be in the national uh title i i
2: don't i, I think that's uh, an unwritten rule
1: uh true but they won't make it that's just my feelings uh that's anyway um wow uh you know who knows what the these people you know they their minds of their own and they bother and talk and uh these teams, but uh, you're right, an SEC championship team, three losses. Of course, LSU was the last two-loss team uh, outside of 1960 when Minnesota won the national championship, but the national championship back then, Minnesota lost in the Rose Bowl game and the national champion was crowned at the end of the regular season up until seventy three seventy four, when Notre Dame beat Alabama in the Sugar Bowl, and they decided to vote after the bowl games, and Notre Dame was declared the national champion by beating Alabama in the uh, Sugar Bowl game in uh, 19, uh, I guess it was January of uh, 73, or maybe December of 73, I should say. So uh, that's where we are right now, and uh, the other teams uh, in that regard uh, – With championship week, I didn't have all the championship games uh, set about, but uh, I guess the bigger ones, Georgia-LSU in the Atlantic Coast. uh, I believe
2: it's Clemson in North Carolina. They they kick off Friday, North Texas, Texas, Texas-San Antonio. All right. That's the Conference USA Championship Friday at 6.30 at 7 o'clock, Utah-USC. Then Saturday, Saturday. Kansas State, TCU at 11 a.m., Toledo, Ohio. That is the MAC championship at yes. 11 o'clock. Troy hosting, not hosting. Yeah, I guess they are hosting. That's not a neutral uh, site. Uh, Coastal Carolina at Troy at 2.30. Your boys, uh, Tulane, a big win Saturday. They get Central Florida at Yulman Stadium at 3. Same as the Georgia-LSU game. Correct. Fresno, uh, Fresno State. Taking on Boise State at 3 o'clock, Purdue, Michigan at 7 o'clock, Clemson, North Carolina also at 7 o'clock.
1: And uh, that's the championship week, Uh, how that be decided? There
2: is one non-championship game this weekend, and I have no idea, this is a uh, rescheduling. When Buffalo had the big snowstorm, uh, they did not play against Akron, so the uh, Zips, who beat Northern Illinois, uh, again, I had a... Really disappointing sports weekend. Uh, Northern looked like, yeah, against uh, Akron. But Akron will make up that game against Buffalo at noon on Friday.
1: And then one final uh, college football game, uh, the week of 15, that's Army-Navy, at 2 p.m. Saturday, December the 10th, over in Philadelphia at Lincoln Field. And, uh, of course, there's not a spread out there. You know, Navy uh, every once in a while had a difficulty because they were playing in uh, the um, American uh, Athletic Conference. And uh, they played in the championship game a couple times. And then they had to go play uh, Army, which uh, I think Army took them down a couple times, too, because of that. And uh, in the meantime, always uh, it's almost – you pick a side in the Army-Navy game, whether your dad was in the Army or your mother was uh, stationed in the uh, Navy somewhere. But uh, always uh, a fun game. Played in Philadelphia for many years. I think the COVID year. They might have played it in West Point. Uh, I think you're right. The, uh, one of those games. But generally, they used to play that game in Philadelphia. They, they
2: move it around to uh, the Meadowlands, uh, Baltimore, uh, Philadelphia, uh, yes. in those NFL stadiums. Right.
1: Anyway, uh, the big Army Navy game. So in that regard, so uh,
2: great, great place to watch the Army Navy game. The the Floribama, they have a because they're close to a couple of bases. Yeah,
1: there are two bases there: an Ar- a Navy base and an Air Force base. That's right.
2: And I, I tell you, it's and the Floribama has like one of their floors dedicated to that, uh, and it's always a, a big time.
1: Yeah, that uh, there's a nice Niceville, I think there's a big. Uh, Air Force Base there, and then the Navy Base, Pensacola Navy. That's uh, that's where the pilots go. Well, historically, back in the days when there were airplanes were just being put together, uh, Pensacola Navy where Roger Staubach played yeah, and played against UL back in the 60s at the old McNasby Stadium uh, as he was doing his time, his four years or five-year commitment after uh, graduating from uh, the Naval Academy in Annapolis. Anyway, uh, of course, uh, Westgate, uh, they move on uh, this particular uh, weekend as they take down Neville for the first time, and I'm sure – Uh, coach uh, Ryan Antoine will talk about that we'll have him on in a few moments and with that uh, let us go ahead and take a break and we'll try to get Coach Antoine on to talk a little bit about that game and his future opponent this coming Friday, the Destrahan Wildcats. You're listening to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 1075 and AM 1240. Uh, hopefully, we'll be back with Coach Antoine right after this.
3: Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with LA Classic Roofing. We're a third generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. Hey, guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look
0: no further than Cane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and
4: enjoy. Landry has been traveling around District 49 talking to friends and neighbors about bringing prosperity and economic freedom to all our citizens. As we visited with thousands of people across our great district, many asked, how can we get involved in moving our district forward? Join us by going to jacoblandryforlouisiana.com where you can easily sign up and join our campaign. Go to jacoblandryforlouisiana.com and register now to join us. Pay for by the Jacob Landry for Louisiana campaign.
2: to answer to pain.com.
5: celebrating 75 years in business Danos has been setting the standard for generations become part of something bigger join the team we're currently hiring for a variety of offshore positions in both our production and construction divisions and you can apply right now at danos.com or call us at 1-833-GO-DANOS great jobs great people that's danos
1: now back to bayou sports phone lines are open to talk sports at 367 1240 welcome back to bayou sports here on a big monday november the 28th and on the line with us is his head football coach of the west uh, gate tigers uh, ryan antoine good morning coach and as always welcome to the show and what a big win for your your school and your team uh, last friday night
4: yeah thank you guys for having me uh
1: you're welcome coach and coach uh, a final of 21 to 10 and uh you got on the board early and uh, uh, just, uh, I guess, took away their run game. And uh, uh, Westgate did a fine job of uh, tacking on a score uh, uh, to kind of put it away. But, uh, you know, you got to be nervous, man. Uh, with Neville, a fine team, that's what they are. But congratulations, Coach. And tell us a little bit about that game uh, uh, Friday night and uh, also about your future opponent in the Destrehan Wildcats.
4: Yeah, uh, our kids came out, you know, uh, I said, you know, it's a strong team. You know, uh, you know, we we're, weren't we're picked to lose. We picked to be an underdog in that type of game. But our kids, you know, had a great week of practice. Kids were focused and kids were always wanted to go play against Neville. Uh, we had lost of those guys. Uh, the senior class lost them in their freshman and sophomore years. Uh, we didn't get a chance to play those guys in the dome last year and they're playing Warren Houston. Uh, and, uh, so now we had a chance to play these guys, you we know, we had them at our place. And that was, that was, that was a big thing for us. Uh, so our guys came by them motivated. They jumped out on us three nothing with a field goal. But we felt like you know, we can do some good things stopping the run game and felt like we, we could move the ball pretty well. And Jabari Antoine uh, hit major jean for a touchdown on the next drive. Came by Dan stopped me right before half. Jabari Antoine also hit uh, Bradley Raymond to put us up fourteen to three. Just go um right before half and on the quarterback back to half and the score 14 to 10, and we kind of knew it would be a defensive battle after that. And we kind of did a good job playing some field positions, did a good job stopping the run, and felt like, you know, we could hold on. And uh, our guys played hard, our guys played well, and it just got to the game where we wanted to know if it would be field position and put it in our defensive hands. I think the guys played as hard as they could. They played well, won their most complete games of the year. Uh, like I said, we end up scoring late with Derek Williams to make it 21 to 10 to kind of put the game out of reach. So just proud of our kids, and our kids did a good job of, you know, taking up with the things that they, were, they did well and also making a statement that we can play with anybody in the state.
2: Yeah, no, no doubt. Uh, I was amazed in that second half. I'm looking at my uh, scoring summary and uh, punt, 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 punt in the second half, a couple of interceptions, and then finally you guys score and put it away. Uh, but uh, quite the defensive battle in that second half.
4: Yeah, I mean, sometimes that's what it turns into. You know, I mean, you know, being, being in these separate games before, knowing that that's what sometimes what it takes. And it's, you know, once you get to this level, everybody's going to be good and it's going to turn down to a game of attrition and sometimes turn into a game of, you know, who, who, who can stay the longest and last the longest. And that's kind of what it turned into. I mean, Andre Williams did an amazing job of punching the ball for us. We knew as long as we could flip the field with special teams and not turn the ball over that we can we can do a good job. And we did an amazing job of doing that, and so I mean that's all we needed. I mean there's a couple of times we could have taken a couple of shots on some fourth downs. We decided that's not what we wanted to do. We decided like we flipped the field, put the ball in the deepest Those guys are ready. They've been prepared for that all week and been prepared for that all year. I mean they've been battle tested, you know. At, at some at some points of times in the game, we, you know this year we had to play seven sophomores more than three freshmen. So these guys are ready. Now we're back healthy. Now we're back rolling, and I guys are excited to get back to, back back to football this week.
2: Jabari Antoine, uh, I had him, and my stats are not always completely accurate, but maybe 19 of 24 for 145 yards, a couple of touchdowns. Uh, didn't uh, run the ball real well, but uh, definitely efficient in the air.
4: Yeah, I mean, he's been getting better every week. Uh, anybody has been following him, you know, he's been working his butt off and just getting better and finding ways to just make us be efficient. Uh, You know, he's not turning the ball over, you know, and he's making throws and needs to make it. You know, I mean, he had a brilliant uh, Raymond on a big fourth and 14 play. I'm talking about he stood in the pocket and fired a shot, you know, to to Braylon Raymond, who's been also stepping up and emerging and making big plays for this whole playoff run as well. So that's what it's about. I mean, those guys are huge. Uh, They did a good job of taking away our ring game. We had to go around there and find ways to do some things in the pass game. So we we found a way to be efficient in that and found a way to just put enough points on the board and defense to hold it down. So they did a good job of making that thing happen.
2: Yeah, no doubt. A little rain uh, Friday night. uh, How much of a factor was that in the game, do you think?
4: Uh, Toward toward the end of the fourth quarter, it definitely became a factor. Uh, You know, there's a couple of times where we could have, uh, like, you know, some of the things that we did offensively with our pole game and throwing the ball on the perimeter – we kind of got away from just to not turn the ball, just not to turn the ball over. So you know, we kind of did that. We also knew that it helped us as well because you know we knew that we didn't have a strong passing game. So we felt like now we can do some better things defensively and now force them to have to pass the ball. And uh, I felt like it worked in our favor.
2: There you go. So let's turn to Destrahan. Uh You're going to have to hit the road there. Uh, what do you know about this wildcat team at this point?
4: Uh, they're a strong team. Haven't lost a football game. Uh, you know they've been they've been winning all year. Uh, you know they have a tradition of always being in you know in these type of games in, the, in at this type of times in the year. Uh, you know a strong five A ball club. We got to go out there and we got to go play one of our better games. You know to be in this game and have a shot. You know so we've been watching them on. They long, They run. they athletic. They're good at every single spot on the field. So I mean we just got to go out there and just you know play out solid football and, and be ready for whatever happens once you get to this point in the year. The ball can go any kind of way, The score can go can go any kind of way. So we just have to go out there and be effective.
2: You're now the only four A school left in Division One. Does that make you four A champs?
4: <laughs> oh, I, I, we, I, I joked with it about to the uh, you know to the you know to the, to the newspaper people early. You know at the end of the game Friday, and never and I uh, never coach and I talked about that last week and kind of said the same things that, you know, we, they might as well just send us the trophy for whoever wins this game because the best of four teams played last night. So uh, those are the things that, you know, it, it is what it is. You know, they did that, and that, that's going to be what it's going to be. We're not, we can't worry about it. We can't focus. But there right now. we got to go slaying up the Giants this week.
2: So what do you think the uh, key will be on Friday night?
4: Uh, you know, controlling the ball, you know, not turning it over, you know, flipping the field with some special teams and executing when you have the opportunity to do it. I mean, so you're playing against, you know, once again, another, another giant, another powerhouse type program, you know, we're going out there and just got to go out there and play our stuff of football and be ready for whatever happens.
1: Uh, Coach, you know, they, uh, they take, uh, took on one of their own district opponents in East St. John. And earlier this year, they blew East St. John off the field. And, uh, last Friday night, they had to scrap and fight to, to beat East St. John, uh, 21, 20 and, uh, so, uh, you know, they, uh, they're they beatable, if, if what I want to say. And, uh, you're going to go there with, more uh, a lot of confidence in your team and taking down a, a Neville team that's uh, been a thorn in your side for the past few years. But, uh, Coach, good luck to you. Uh, they're a good football team, and uh, they'll be playing in front of their fans. And, of course, Westgate travels well. So uh should be an interesting contest uh, this coming Friday night.
4: Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, they, you know, they, they had a, you know, it's always hard to beat somebody twice and also somebody that's in your district that's familiar to you. So, uh, you know, you just got to go out there and you got to go out there and play football. You know, once you get to this point, anything can happen. I mean, they'll be playing at their place. You know, they'll be motivated. They'll be fired up. They, we, we both trying to get back to, uh, you know, back to the championship game. So it is what it is right now. And we just got to go out there and a better prepared team, the team
2: and the team that focuses into that execute the most.
1: You know, we have the best chance to win. I agree, Coach,
2: and uh, good luck to you and your team. And uh... anything the fans need to know yeah. about tickets and the like.
4: Oh uh, yeah, tickets will be fifteen dollars. Uh, we're going to make a decision uh, when I go when I figure the principal about uh-huh. what we what we're doing in pre-sale and doing that those type of things. So right now we just gotta, you know, I'll, I'll give you guys more details as soon as you know I find those things out. But right now, ticket prices will be fifteen dollars.
2: All right. Um, appreciate your time as always, Coach. I'll check in with you uh, maybe later on today about Destrohan information, uh, about the possibility of broadcasting. I- I'm not sure if you had a chance to talk to anyone at Destrohan in regard to that.
4: No, uh, not yet. I got to be with that. Letter. Oh, I got to talk with that letter director right today at one o'clock. So I better figure out all those things later on this afternoon.
2: Fair enough, Coach. Always appreciate your time. Best of luck in this week of preparation. Thank you, sir. Anyway,
1: good luck, Coach. Um we'll hope to uh, do the game Friday.
2: Absolutely. I know Keith is looking forward to it. He's al- already posting uh, about it. So uh, we will definitely effort to be out there uh, unless Destrehan says no. Yeah, uh, and, you know,
1: sometimes those schools go, oh, we want $300. Uh, mm-hmm. for you. So uh, I know I've run into that uh, years ago in uh, the station, cooperated. But uh, anyway, Destrehan, Jai Eugene, former uh, – his dad, a former LSU Tigers, a quarterback of that team, a Southpaw. He runs the offense there. They also have a pretty good running back. I'm trying to recall his name, and also uh, a wide receiver that was committed to UL back, and he backed off his commitment. Uh, a kid by the name of Blood, who's an uh, exquisite punt and kickoff returner. Uh, so they they're, they're full of uh, potential Division One players too uh, on that team. So it's uh, should be an interesting contest. But as coach says everybody comes in oh and oh uh, it's a new game uh the direction uh you can take your team and uh and westgate uh they, i don't know what to, <laughs> with westgate but they get in the playoffs and they shine jeff they, they've done that for years and uh good luck to coach and uh his squad uh see if they can't uh win this game and head to uh the dome again to, uh, for a replay of uh, another state
2: championship game Yeah, no doubt looking forward to it and Again, uh, we'll be making the trip, God willing, uh, out to Destrehan. Uh, easy uh, place to get to, too. Highway yeah. 90 to 310, and you, you jump off um, the first exit, uh, cross the river, head north, and uh, you can barely miss it.
1: Yeah, the, as you cross the bridge, you can see the lights of yeah. the football field right there on the left. So uh, Destrehan, uh, the Wildcats, and uh, they've been in the uh, semifinals, I think, five out the last six years. But have not won a state championship. So uh, uh, they're a good football team, well coached, and uh, we'll see how that all comes uh, to fruition. In the meantime, Jeff, uh, some of our local teams, uh, uh, I, I'm trying to think of what some of the scores were between Zachary and Southside. Uh, also some Zachary of, crushed them. And uh, with regards to V.C., I see where Newman was hammered uh, by U- University Lab. Uh, I think it was 49, to 13, something like that. Uh, so Arch Manning uh, will be making his way to Texas next January for the f- second semester, and he will uh, have completed his duties at Isidore Newman, and he'll move on to uh, there. Not sure uh, some of the other games. St. Oh, t- Charles uh, beat Parkview Baptist. So they head back to the semis. Go ahead. I'm oh, sorry. I'm
2: just got the scores in front of me. So Rustin okay. uh, beat Denham Springs 49-31. to 31. So they will take on Zachary, who crushed. Um, no, nah, I guess not crushed isn't the right word. For some reason, I was thinking it was a, a bigger um, difference in the score. But Zachary uh, won 48-37 to 37 at okay. Southside and then of course uh, Destrehan uh, beating East St. John as we talked about Westgate so those two teams uh, in that semi now in division 2 you're wondering about North Vermilion uh, they lost to Lutcher or West Feliciana uh-huh. uh, 30 to nothing it looks like 45 to 8 Lutcher over Lakeshore coach Indus team uh, tough loss for them at home especially uh, but West Feliciana Lutcher and one semi, Iowa North Desoto, and the other semi, Iowa beat Leesville 31 to 14. Brobridge lost at North so- at home against North Desoto, 42 to 13. And then in Division Three, Manny advances to host St. James. St. James beat Avoyles, 48 to 24, and it was Manny beating Rosepine, a tough one, 14 to seven. And in the other semi, it'll be Union Parish taking on Ameet. Patterson uh, lost at home to Union Parish, 38-14. And Berwick lost at home. Tough night uh, for uh, St. Mary Parish there. 42-14, to Ameet beating uh, Berwick. And then in Division 4, Kentwood lost at home to Oak Grove. Oak Grove will take on Haynesville. They beat Bazille on the road, 31-7. to The other semi, Homer. Will host Mangum as Mangum beat Arcadia 48 to nothing. It was 47 to six uh, over Logan'sport. Uh, so uh, interesting uh, matchup there with two dominating quarterfinal uh, wins for each of those two teams. They will uh, take off in the uh, other semifinal there in Division Four non-select, and then moving over to select. We've got um, in Division I, Karen Crow uh, gets past Warren Easton 29 to 26. They will host Brother Martin on Friday night. Brother Martin beating Northwood Shreveport 28 to 14. The other side of the bracket, John Curtis beats C.E. Byrd. They will now travel to Catholic of Baton Rouge. Catholic of Baton Rouge beating Edna Carr 32 to 24 and St. Thomas More advances a big win against Madison Prep 56 to 34 they will host Edie White Friday night Edie uh, White beat John F Kennedy 42 to 20 it was Lafayette Christian 70 to 49 over DeLaSalle And DeLaSalle had a road. big lead in that game that at that one right? time too yes So Lafayette Christian will travel all the way to Turling's Catholic uh, Turling's <laughs> Catholic beating Shaw Twenty-seven to twenty-four. So uh, there you go, Division Two, and then Division Three. Let me uh, pull these up uh-huh. here. Uh, but Division Three, Newman, as you mentioned, lost to University Lab. Lab now will take on Dunham, who beat Calvary Baptist fifty to thirty-five. Notre Dame a shutout over Episcopal, forty-seven and nothing. They will travel to St. Charles. Forty to twenty-one, Saint Charles beat Parkview Baptist, or is that yeah twenty-one? Yes. And then in the other uh, last division, number four in select VC beat Southern Labs seventeen to seven. They will host Saint Martin's Episcopal. Uh, they beat Saint Mary twenty-nine to twenty-five. Washedaw Christian will host Ascension Catholic in the other uh, division four select semi. Christian, Christian over Glenbrook, twenty-eight to twenty-seven, and it was Ascension Catholic at home beating Opelousas Catholic, twenty-eight to twelve. So that's uh, your semifinal matchups.
1: That's right. Uh, the winners of those games head to the dome for state championships in the eight, uh, I guess, divisions you could say, uh, in the select and non-select. So uh, things uh, starting to even out a little bit. And uh, anyway, good luck to Coach Ryan Antoine and his crew. Over at, uh, hopefully, uh, we'll get more information with regards to uh, our availability to broadcast that game. We,
2: I, don't, I don't foresee uh, any it, trouble. It's, it's rarely a problem, but. It's just it the protocol, be. get you know, uh, permission. Uh, I, we didn't do the semi last year. That's last right. Because they, they said we couldn't be on the side of the stadium with power and no press box, yes. no cover. We would have been uh, in the stands without power. Which could have been problematic.
1: Oh, yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and, and our good friend Kenny Trahan was doing the game for... Uh, That's right. And, and we were able to share his broadcast. So uh, we, we got the game on the air, just that we weren't there. So
1: And the rain but started in the fourth quarter? Uh, it, it
2: rained a little bit in the first. All right. Uh, and, uh, it, it, in fact, at the start of the game, it was raining. Keith started the game in the broadcast booth, and then we sent him down after the rain receded a little bit, but then it picked back up again uh, late third, fourth quarter, and Keith came back upstairs, uh, and then it was pouring uh, cats and dogs By the, just as I'm getting out of the safety of my press box, uh, right. and then it starts pouring, Yeah,
1: really raining hard. And, uh, of course, uh, Westgate having a lead at the time, too, uh, I'm trying to recall, did did they score in the fourth quarter during that uh, deluge uh, of? Uh... Yeah, it was that
2: breakaway by uh, yeah. Derek Williams. That, that's correct. That so it was a, I think it was a first down play, and Derek uh, made a move to the right, and then it was just daylight. Uh, li- uh, obviously not literally because it was pouring, but uh, uh, yeah, he had a lot of room. But no, it was punts. It was there must have been eleven punts in the second half couple of interceptions that ended drives. Uh, one was almost like a punt, though. Uh, a Westgate player intercepted. Probably should have let it pat drop, but uh, sometimes it's tough oh, yeah. to yeah, yeah. want to catch that ball. Yeah, that's right. But it was fourth and 30, uh, and they threw the ball deep, and instead of Westgate having the ball maybe at the 33, 34, whatever it was, they had it at the 5, you know. So, you know, the— th- it was like a punt, so I mean, it, the second half was dominated by uh, both defenses, uh, and, but then that breakaway run, Westgate was in a position to grind the clock. I think when he did score, and I, I left my drive chart at, at my desk, but I think there was about a minute and a half left, and they're up two scores at that point, but Westgate probably grinds the clock uh, and wins 14-10 to 10, if not for that breakaway.
1: Anyway, but uh, a big win for Westgate and Coach Ron Antoine. So uh, we've got uh, one local team uh, in the semis. So uh, good oh, luck yeah, to them.
2: Certainly, kudos to V.C., Turning, yes. St. Thomas-Moore, uh, LCA. Uh, that that uh, I, I'm not sure to conferences, divisions, uh, districts, uh, but right. the district that Westgate is in, that's four teams that's right. going to the semis. That's right. Um, and North Vernon uh, made it to the quarters. That's um,
1: right. So impressive, uh, that district. If it's not one of the toughest in the state, uh, it should be in the top two or three. Anyway, uh, let's go ahead and take our next break. Uh, you listen to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be back with more right after this.
2: The Quarter Tavern is the premier spot for live music. Most Thursdays, it's Southern Jack. Remember, never a cover at the Quarter Tavern. Quarter Tavern, 910 East Main, across from McDonald's. The best drink prices in DeBerry. Domestic beer, just $2. Imports $3 all day, every day, other than during bands and special benefits. 19 TVs has you covered for the Saints and LSU, and no bar with more outdoor seating. Don't forget the Quarter Tavern, now serving fresh fruit, margaritas, and daiquiris. I am Jacob Landry, and I'm tired of seeing Louisiana fumble away good-paying jobs to our neighbors across the Sun Belt. That's why I'm running
1: for state representative of District 49, because bringing opportunity back to Louisiana is a touchdown for all of us. As your next state representative, I will work hard to expand vocational training programs so that all of our people can have the tools to succeed. I am Jacob Landry, and I am a proven job creator. All I need is your support and your vote. Paid for by the Jacob Landry for Louisiana Campaign.
6: Hi, this is Boxcar Bagel, inviting you to join me and PGA Golf Professional Teddy Sliman for Chip Shots. Mondays from 5 to 6 p.m., we'll take an in-depth look at the local, state, and national golf scenes, and we invite you to chip in with your calls at 367-1240.
1: Chip Shots is sponsored by the Coca-Cola Bottling Company, GolfBalls.com, and our local golf clubs, Eagle Ridge, Cane Row, and Sugar Oak.
6: So let's make it tea time for 5 p.m. on Mondays for Chip Shots on Kane. Dream us live on kane 1240com and catch the podcast the next day.
1: Now back to Bayou Sports on the all-new Kane 1075. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio. And uh, with that, uh, uh, some football uh, movement here uh, with coaches. As Nebraska Mm -hmm. has hired former Panthers coach Matt Rule. And uh, Wisconsin has lured away Luke Fickle from Cincinnati. Uh, there's also talk out there that Willie Fritz, uh, that Georgia Tech is trying to pull him away from Tulane. Uh, we'll have, uh, some updates on that too, but, uh, Willie Fritz, uh, has got a big ball game this coming Saturday as they take on, uh, Central Florida in the championship round. Also, Jeff, uh, our man, uh, quarterback, uh, Deshaun Watson says served his 11 game suspension and it's officially eligible to start today he'll uh, play with his farm, play against his former team uh, the texans next week so uh, that, that should be interesting the,
2: the football gods are i don't know cruel or uh, <laughs> or ingenious I, I don't know
1: well uh, of course cleveland uh, takes down tampa bay yesterday uh, late in the game in overtime and uh, uh, and Deshaun Watson is going to take away, what is it, Brissett? Is that the uh, – Jacoby Brissett, yeah. Yeah, uh, the quarterback for the Browns right now.
2: And, and you know, it's almost a shame. Uh, Let a great drive uh, under two minutes. First time Tom Brady has lost a game leading 7-0 under two minutes to go. Really? 200-plus games. He had never lost a game. And, of course, it's rare that the offense loses a game when True. you're up 7-0. nothing. It's really not a loss on him. He had his team up seven to nothing under two minutes to go. It's up to your defense to stop it. But a, a, let's put it this way: a Tampa or a Tom Brady led team had never lost a game leading seven to nothing under two minutes to go.
1: Wow, didn't realize that uh, that stat. And you know, a lot of the uh, experts were thinking that Tom Brady. You know, he's going to lead now that things are kind of settling in, and uh, he's going to lead the Bucks to the division uh, title. But uh, not losing games like that, and the Saints, they still have to play the Saints, even though the Saints uh, were shut out yesterday uh, for the first time in uh, 20 years, uh, I think it was 333 games uh, was the last time. Jim Haslett was the coach. i never forget headlines uh, in the paper uh, uh, years ago with uh, when Buddy D'Alberto, uh the uh, uh, sports uh, writer and sports broadcaster in New Orleans, uh, passed away with a heart attack, they had... Uh, Saints, uh, re-sign, extend Hazlitt to a contract, and the next uh, big headline next to it was Buddy D. Dry Drops mm-hmm. Dead of a Heart Attack. I mean, kind of sad, but I mean, the, uh, ironic, uh, uh, statement there. In the meantime, uh, the Saints, um they got a Monday night game tonight, too, Jeff. Uh, I'm trying to recall who the, who's playing tonight, um, on the big stage
2: uh I, I don't remember it being an impressive uh, no I, I, I Indianapolis t- and somebody maybe
1: yeah Indianapolis and uh let's see if I could sh- uh share uh Pittsburgh there you go Pittsburghs three and seven Indianapolis four six and one uh 7 fifteen tonight uh basically the uh, uh Indy- the colts are favored by two and a half uh and a half is over and under uh uh at Indianapolis so it's um Anyway, ho home game tonight. So, uh, in that regard, of course, uh, the Saints uh, next weekend uh, they entertain. Uh, they move to Tampa Bay to take on the the Bucks, who are five and six. The Saints are four and eight. Um, who knows who's going to take place? I guess the Bucks still have, uh, uh, or the Saints still have an open date. I think yeah. it's week after fourteen. The, yeah, it's after they play the uh, Tampa Bay this weekend. They have uh, the last. I think it's the last of the open dates too. Uh, Anyway, uh, I'm looking here at um, that Atlanta, Chicago, Green Bay, Indianapolis, New Orleans, and Washington have the last of the
2: uh, – I need to talk to the schedule makers about that, uh, not to have the – Saints and Bears off on the same day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If <laughs> this, so, this I wish true. it would have been yesterday because I had the concert, the Christmas concert, and uh-huh. it um, sort of interrupted my football day, but always happy to air those concerts. Uh, yeah, yeah. And it was another great one by the Indiana uh, Symphony Orchestra.
1: Anyway, with that, uh, Bob Rose will be on with us in the next uh, few minutes and also. so... Uh, we're looking at uh, maybe they'll go ahead and take a break and get him on and see what he's got to say about the, the Saints' shutout yesterday and uh, with regard to uh, their chances uh, of uh, maybe uh, winning the division. So you listen to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be back with Bob Rose right after this.
2: The Quarter Tavern is the premier spot for live music. Most Thursdays, it's Southern Jack. Remember, never a cover at the Quarter Tavern. Quarter Tavern, 910 East Main, across from McDonald's. The best drink prices in DeBerry. Domestic beer, just $2. Imports $3 all day, every day, other than during bands and special benefits. 19 TVs has you covered for the Saints and LSU and no bar with more outdoor seating. Don't forget the Quarter Tavern now, serving fresh fruit, margaritas, and daiquiris. to answer to pain.com.
6: What does the 50th anniversary of title IX mean? It means I'm valued. I'm empowered. I can do anything. It means I'll pave the way for every girl who plays high school sports in the future. Just like every female student, coach, official, and administrator blaze the trail for me because every student deserves the opportunity to play. Encourage girls you know to participate in Louisiana high school sports.
0: This message presented by the LHSAA and the Louisiana High School Athletic Directors Association. Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open
1: to talk sports at 367-1240. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a big Monday, November the 28th. And on the line with us is Bob Rose. And uh, Bob, good morning. And as always, welcome to the show here on a big Monday.
5: Uh, good morning, gentlemen. Uh, happy belated Thanksgiving to you and your families. Uh, we'll just call this Black Monday, shall we?
1: <laughs> for a lot of reasons. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Bob, you know, the Saints are shut out for the first time, and I think I uh, saw somewhere 333 games since uh, yep. January of '02 when uh, Jim Haslett was calling the shots for the Saints, and uh, the Sean Payton era, along with Drew Brees, never was shut out. And uh, that's 20 years ago, and uh some of your thoughts on the game, uh, just uh Saints had chances to score. They just couldn't put it in.
5: Uh, yeah, guys, and guess who was that last shutout? Our beloved San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> That's right. Uh, in, the uh, we, in the dome. In the dome. Yes. Uh, we could get into an entire show and then some about why I hate the 49ers, but let's not. Uh <laughs> The, listen, the defense, the Saints' defense played well enough to win this game. Uh, to win any game, uh, yeah, this was the Saints' defense that we've expected to see all season. Uh, but that offense, uh, yeah, you could blame it on the play calling. You could blame it on the lack of separation from the receivers, uh, the inability of the offensive line to open up holes for the running game. I thought the offensive line did a decent job in pass protection, uh, but you know when the Saints gave up on the running game. Uh, you know in their last two drives, that allowed the Forty ers pass rush, especially uh, Bosa, to really pin their ears back. I thought, an- and Andy Dalton didn't play a great game, but he played a really gutty game. Uh, you know, he just he didn't have any receivers. You know, Jawan Johnson had an off day. Uh, you know, Chris Alave, Chris Alave, you know, played all right. Uh, you know, obviously he was completely and blatantly screwed over by the referees' yeah. call. Uh, you know, in the first half. And honestly, gentlemen, I think that made the difference in the game because I think the Saints get at least a field goal out of that, uh, you know, if not a touchdown. Uh, you, know, you could blame it on referee calls if you want, but the referee calls didn 't cost their game. Red zone execution did uh, you know, and just in the red zone lack of red zone execution, we saw how limited this Saints offense is and how conservative the play calling is when they get into big situations
1: yeah, I agree with that, and uh, more so that oh reliable. Mr. Lutz uh, did miss a 48 yard field goal as it just, the ball was moving, then he just took a little turn to the left and uh, he missed it. Might have made a little difference in the game, too, later on, because you think when the Saints get down there in the fourth quarter, they got in the red zone twice. They might have taken another field goal to make it uh, 13 to 6, and you know, you're just a score away and a two point conversion, which yesterday, two teams took advantage of that to win games.
5: Uh, Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh you know, and and again going back to that a a goof up by the refs uh and I'm you know putting goof up trying to keep the show PG rated sure. uh yeah, if you get a field goal out of that uh and then you add on Lutz's missed field goal and remember the, that field goal was pushed back 10 uh 10 yards by a penalty on veteran Ryan Ramchek, so that might have made a difference too uh, you know, then all of a sudden you're talking at least six points on the board and you're right. You know, Uh, uh, on that first you know, red zone failure that they had, uh, maybe they kicked the field goal, uh, you know, that puts them within striking distance of another field goal. And you know, I think that changes the game entirely.
1: Yeah. And you know, the Saints were 4-11 on third down, San Francisco 5-13. <coughs> on fourth down, the Saints were 0-1 and 1-2. and And, uh, Of course, we mentioned earlier on the broadcast that uh, Kamara's two fumbles, uh, especially the one inside at the one-yard line. uh, You think a a veteran player would uh, have both hands on the ball trying to secure it, and, of course, San Francisco trying to pull it away, and they were successful both times. Um, And like you said, Andy Dalton played a good game, as you can ask, of a quarterback. Uh, He was only sacked once. Of course, the Saints still get caught up – with penalties, they had six for forty-six. Uh, San Francisco seven for sixty-four, and uh, each team had a sack. But uh, nah, that didn't come into the game much. Those two fumbles surely did, though.
5: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it, you know give credit to the 49ers defenders on both plays. They made great plays. Uh, but you're right. If you look back at the replay, uh, you know, and Kamara's been around the block. Uh, you know, he should know, especially on that goal line play. You know, cu- cover up uh yeah you know, he was fighting for extra he was fighting for the goal line which i respect uh but uh, you know alvin you've been in this league a long time uh you've had a poor season in my estimation um uh, you, know, you you have to make the play in that point at, at that stage and making the play in that particular moment is covering up the ball and just setting you know, uh, allowing your team to realign itself uh you know, on on the 1 inch line uh, on the very next play that's just you know, and again you know, we go back to the ram check penalty that pushed pushed lutz's missed field goal back uh you know, uh, you know chris harris made a couple of you know, boneheaded penalty plays uh you know, it it's veterans that are costing this team, veterans that have been established in this league, established stars in this league, and that's who's killing this team and has most of the year.
1: Yeah, That's right. And Harris, if my memory serves me correctly, uh, the San Francisco player was far out of bounds and then goes yep. and pushes him down. I mean, he's yep. four or five uh, feet or maybe even two or three yards out of bounds and pushing him down when the play is literally over. Uh, just,
2: I, I, I thought he was upset at himself that he blew the coverage. Uh, and out of frustration, uh, he knew he had made a bad play, and I think that was part of what led to the push.
5: Uh, yeah, he did. You're right. And I, you know, I, again, I respect that. I respect the frustration. Uh, but a veteran, especially, you have to expect that they would keep their composure in situations like that. You knew this was going to be a tight, hard-fought, physical game. Uh, you know, you can't make penalty. You know, you can't make mistakes like that that are going to cost your team. I agree.
1: Anyway, Bob, uh, of course, the Saints. I mean, Tampa Bay loses yesterday. The Falcons lose yesterday. Of all teams, Carolina wins. And. Uh, <laughs> The Saints take on Tampa Bay and Tampa this coming Sunday. Uh, uh, we'll see what uh, beholds the Saints. Brady, I'm sure, is frustrated with himself. Jeff was mentioning to me early in the broadcast, that's the first time Brady's lost a game where he was leading late in the fourth quarter. Uh, so, uh, the, you know, Tampa Bay's just not scoring a lot of points. Uh, the Saints are in there with them. Hopefully uh, we don't see one of those three to nothing games next Sunday. Uh, over in uh, Tampa Bay, but um, Saints, believe it or not, they, they still have a chance of uh, of winning this division. Even though you go, how if they finish up seven and uh, ten, and it's quite possible.
5: Uh, uh, yeah, and yeah, man, we're here for the chaos, aren't we? Uh, you know, I <laughs> yeah. I, can, I cannot believe that the Saints still have a very realistic chance. Yeah, I know they're sitting in last place right now yeah uh, you know, in the division because of tiebreakers. uh but you're right if they go into Tampa Bay and win next week uh you know they still need some help uh you know, another buccaneers loss and essentially they need to run them ta- the table themselves uh but yeah i i, I it's a head scratcher to me that they're still in this thing some way some shape somehow
1: yeah, and i was reading earlier uh in uh, the uh nfc uh i guess east division with the uh, cowboys or where it's uh the excuse me the commanders and all every one of that team in that division if the playoffs started this weekend would be in the playoffs all four of those teams the eagles the cowboys the giants along with the commanders would be in the playoffs today
5: yeah you're right and that you know, that entire division is playing well uh, it looks to me like the giants are coming back down to earth a little bit uh, but washington you know washington has put on a real surge in the last couple of weeks uh, to get themselves in you know in good position they really they're really in control of their own playoff destiny down the stretch uh, you know dallas and philadelphia Uh, Both of those teams, along with the 49ers team that we just saw yesterday, I think any of those three teams could take this NFC the way that they're playing right now. They're legitimate Super Bowl contenders.
2: Bob, always a pleasure on these Mondays. We'll look forward to uh, talking to you next week following that Tampa Bay game. But again, remind us how we hear and read your work.
5: Guys, thank you as always for having me on a Monday. I hope I brightened your day a little bit with a couple of laughs. Uh, but uh, you can follow me over on Facebook. Just look for Bob Rose. I'm on Twitter at Bobby R2613. Uh, all of our works, uh, you know, myself, Brendan Boylan, Kyle Mosley, and John Hendricks, we can be found at the Saints News Network on Facebook, at Saints News on Twitter, uh, and, uh, we do all the coverage for our New Orleans Saints on the SI.com team site. And please check out Brendan Boylan's and my show on Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. Central Time. It's called the Bayou Blitz Podcast. You can catch it live at 8 p.m., uh, or you could go onto YouTube, uh, you know, and catch it after the fact along with all of our past broadcasts.
2: Real good. Bob, always a pleasure. Have a good week, and we'll talk to you next Monday.
5: You guys, too. Have a great week. Thank you. All right, Bob. Thank you, as always.
1: Anyway, today uh, in sports history, November the 28th. In 1895, America's first auto race organized by the Chicago Times-Herald uh, Chicago to Evanston and back six cars, 55 miles. Frank Duryea wins it, averaging seven miles an hour up to Evan- Evanston, 55 miles. So it's Evanston's approximately 27 miles. No, from-
2: they're, they're on the border. They, okay. they must have started at some point deep into Chicago or 1895. Because, yeah, they're border cities. Yeah,
1: seven miles an hour. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, in 1906, Canadian Tommy Burns retains his heavyweight boxing title after being pushed to a 20-round draw by Philadelphia's Jack O'Brien in L.A., uh, California. In 1938, the fourth Heisman Trophy uh, Award winner, Davy O'Brien from Texas Christian, the quarterback, and, of course, the award, uh, collegiate award uh, for the last uh, many years is uh, named after Davy O'Brien. In 1959, the 24th Iron Bowl as Alabama beats Auburn 10-0 in Birmingham, breaking a streak of five consecutive victories by Auburn in the series. In 1964, the 65, believe it or not, they had the NFL draft in 65 in, uh, in November. Uh, Tucker Fredrickson from Auburn University was the first pick by the New York Giants. In 1969, Ted Sizemore becomes, as we mentioned, uh, Jeff, the seventh Dodger to win the NL Rookie of the Year Award. And that was in 69. The Rookie of the Year Award started in 47 with Jackie Robinson. And already uh, in 20 years, they've won it seven times. And I think they've won it six or seven more times. Elsewhere in 1974, Bowie Kuhn suspends George Steinbrenner for two years. Of course, George was uh, convicted uh, of uh, uh, giving too much money to certain politicians. Anyway, uh, 1975, Bobby Orr plays his last game for the Boston Bruins. So it tells me he retired during the middle of the year uh, with hockey season. 1978, the Reds fire Sparky Anderson after nine years. Of course, he goes on to Detroit and wins a World Series with them in 84. In 1981... And the, and the Reds floundered for a few years. That's too. correct, too. Anyway, uh, in 1981, the 46th Iron Bowl, Alabama beats Auburn 28-17 in Birmingham. And in 1981, Bear Bryant wins on this date also by beating Auburn. Wins his 315th game to out-distance Amos Alonzo Stagg and becomes college football's winningest uh, coach. Birthdays today, in 1942, born in this day, NFL wide receiver and pro bowler, Paul Warfield, of course, uh, played at Ohio State and the Dolphins and also played uh, in the with the Memphis Southmen in the uh, WFL, I do believe. He also started off with the Browns. And deaths on this day, died in 1939. James Naismith, the Canadian-American physical educator who invented the game of basketball, and I didn't know this, also uh, produced the first football helmet. Uh, in that regard. Hmm. And in 2021, uh, dying on this day, Lee Elder, the PGA golfer, the first African-American to play in the U.S. Masters, four PGA Tour titles, dies at 87. And also in that regard, Jeff, uh, talk about Bear. a lot of people didn't know Bear Bryant. Uh, they always pictured him when you watch that movie Junction City and all that. And and he used to growl and uh, we can't play. And But Bear Bryant used to keep a poem with him every day. And uh, one of his favorite poems was, this is the beginning of a new day. God has given me this day to use as I will. I can waste it or use it for good. What I do today is very important because I'm exchanging a day in my life for it. Bear Bryant, everybody thought he's a rough and tumble old coach, but he had a soft side to him. And I do believe when uh, the Junction City boys had a reunion, I think the only, uh, I guess, uh, uh, jewelry he wore throughout his entire life was a Junction City ring that was given to him by those Texas A&M football players when he was practicing them through the the cobwebs and the stones and everything back in Junction City back in the uh, early 50s when he left Kentucky to go to Texas A&M. That's the day in sports history, Jeff, November 28th, the Big Monday. Uh, Now back to you.
2: All right. As always, thanks to uh, our guests. Appreciate Westgate head coach Ryan Antoine joining us. And just a moment ago, Bob Rose, SI.com, among other ways to uh, follow him. And we thank our sponsors, including Jacob Landry, candidate for state rep in District 49, L.A. Classic Riffing, the Quarter Tavern, Cane Row Golf and Turf Club, Schwing Insurance, and the Headache and Pain Center.